call is now being recorded. Okay, we're back in the building, Channel 10 Podcast. Once again, make sure you uh, check us out on iTunes, on Channel10Podcast.com, on SoundCloud, Facebook.com slash Channel 10 Podcast, Twitter.com slash Channel 10 Pod, um, Instagram.com slash Channel 10 Podcast, et cetera, et cetera. You kind of get the gist, Channel 10 Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess um, going to another, um, I guess, random hip hop tidbit. Um, about Cool Keith, and you know, um, he recently, maybe two, three weeks ago, he was on the uh, the Combat Jack show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about his career and you know the ultramatic and ultra magnetic MCs and as Dr. Octagon and Black Elvis and so on and so forth. Um, and also, you know, they they touched on um, new things that he, that he was they, that he was coming out with, um, and he's always coming out with something. I know he ran, he came out with, um, I think. Something under his alter ego, um, I think, to Sean Torset, I believe, or Morset, whatever. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, but one of his new his newer things is like he's been doing like a mixtape series entitled Total Orgasm, <laughs> and and um, he does it with um, I can't think of the, the, of the DJ's name, but by the time the Combat Jack show interview came out, um, the Total Orgasm three came out. Um, and it's, um, it's primarily produced by him. Um, I think mine is maybe three or four songs that the DJ, um, produces. And, um, it's, it's quite interesting because, um, the, the, the DJ, he kind of makes these trap beats. And it's interesting hearing Cool Keith rap over them. Um, but yeah, so, um, Cool Keith is, his, his, he's number one, his name is number one producer and, Obviously, we all know what Total Orgasm is about, Total Orgasm 3 is about, but he has through these three other people, I don't know who they are, but made, they, and they, sound, they sound like rather young, um, who are all throughout the mixtape, and it, it kind of sounds like, you know, um, his first album, Sex Styles, from, Sex Style from, uh, what, 90, 1997, I think, or 96? Something like that. Was that long ago? Huh? Yeah. I said, I said, was it that long ago? Well, yeah, it was a while ago, man. Yeah. Um, cause that, well, Dr. Octagon came out in 96. Yeah, yeah, Sex Style came out in 97. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, so Kook, yeah, so Kooky's second album. Um, and, you know, it's a very dirty rap concept, concept album about various things, but the way, the way it opens up, um, and the beat is really hard. I like the beat. But um, you know, he he's saying something like sex style that dogs drink my piss or something like that. <laughs> I don't really I don't understand what that means, but just just think of that that one song, what the fuck he was talking about, and just put it all into total orgasm three. And he's talking about some crazy nasty shit like I I was here like um I listened to it like a while ago. That's mm-hmm. yeah, Starbucks when I was doing work and I was just listening to it because, you know, he's cool, Keith, and I was kind of intrigued by the name, and I was surprised that I actually, I liked it. <laughs> mm. 
Um, but I felt kind of bad. I mean, because, like, like the, the beats are really minimal, but they just fit for what Cool, like, you know, for, for what he does, because Cool Keith has a weird type of flow. But, it, but for some reason, his flow can kind of, his flow can kind of go on, like, any, any type of beat. And, um... With um with Total Guessing um three, it's just like with the subject matter, like I think he's gotten worse. Like certain th- certain things that he's talking about, you know, now now he's talking about women taking like, you know, he taught spreading their legs and taking the shit and 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 and, 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 and a dog in a dog and shit like that now. And calling her like <laughs> I don't know, like, the thing The thing about Cool Keith, like, after I listened to that interview, I went and I listened to uh, Sex Style, and I was trying to get into it, and, you know, the first song, Sex Style, was just like, it's kind of rocking, but then he starts saying, like, some weird gay stuff, you know, or, you know, not a knock to them, but it's just some things that I'm not necessarily into and um it was a bit disturbing to you know have it in my ears so i had to turn it off and um i was kind of like this is almost like a necro album but instead of horrorcore well i guess he calls it pornocore or whatever but yeah. it's basically like a necro album but for sex <laughs> Um, yeah, but, and speaking of Necro, have you ever listened to the, the, uh, The Sexorcist? No, I have not. Okay, well, I will read, I remember. Okay, I think, because I, I, I think he came out with The Sexorcist, like, a, a little before Death Rap, but then he re-released The Sexorcist, I think, like, two other times, because... He, he, like, he, like, I, from what I'm understanding, he kind of, like, gained, like, a whole other type of following, following when he came out with the Sexorcist, because, you know, he had, like, porn stars, um, doing skits for it and shit. Mm. Um, but, um, I remember I did let you listen to that one song when he, he flips the, 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 the Marvin Gaye joint, and he, ha- he has, like, he cuts, like, the sample, he just, and so it sounds like Marvin Gaye saying piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I have, I didn't, I didn't think about Necros, the, the sexorcist, but, um, yeah, the sexorcist, the sexorcist is pretty nasty, but it still doesn't match Total Orgasm 3. It may match sex style, but not, like, I'm telling you, like, this shit is disgusting, but the beats are rocking, and everyone is, like, kind of on point. And, like, even, like, you know, like, like, the courses, like, like, the way they do it, kind of, sort of. Like, um, they had, like, certain songs where they would have, like, like the chorus, it'd be, like, kind of like DJ Premier's where they will have, like, you know, maybe, like, they'll have, they'll have, like, you know, sounds of a girl, like, moaning, right, and they'll, they'll be cutting in the background, but then on top of that, they'll layer it with, like, another girl saying something crazy, and then they'll just keep, like, you know, doing a backspin on it, and then who keeps saying, like, some crazy shit, <laughs> who keeps saying, like, some crazy shit. But you know, like like a little two bar, like a two bar thing that he says. But it's so it's it's so fucking absurd. But I like it. <laughs> but um, let's put it like this though. When I was eating, though, I had to stop eating because that's when he got to the thing about the girl shitting in a in a dog in a dog tray, and I couldn't take it anymore. I had to stop eating. <laughs> that's 
That's crazy. I mean, it kind of goes back um, to, I think, last podcast when we were talking about horrorcore and, um, you know, like, even though, you know, this seems like pure fantasy and everything, you know, how much of it is actually real or things that have happened or is somewhat inspired by real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I'm going to have to listen. You know, I, I'll skim through it. I'll say that. Let me see if it's on uh, Spotify. Well, you know, it's on it's on SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and it, it, it's not it's it's not chops. It's a it's an actual mixtape. You know, he's so old school that he doesn't believe in chopping mixtapes up. Okay. Um, but um, the but the thing is though, um, I I I I kind of believe most of the shit he says <laughs> in these songs because. You know, combat. You know, combat. Asked him. You know. You know. How do you come up with like the thing about Black Elvis? And he says, "Well, because you know, I was living my life, and I, I felt like I was like Black Elvis. I was living my life like a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm telling you, I, I was, I was really the Black Elvis, and I, I believe that I believe him because also, you know, he, um, he, uh, you know, that song, um, you know, like that that rock song that he's on, the, the um. Smack my bitch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, it kind of seemed like he kind of, you know, his, his life kind of changed, kind of sort of in a way when he did that. And that was on top of Dr. Octagon, which was kind of crazy over, you know, overseas in a way. And then he comes back with sex style, and I guess, you know, it just. Because also, he was in LA too. <laughs> Walking up and down Sunset Boulevard, just talking like to, to porn stars and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I do remember when he was talking about that. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that he has, you know, most of the shit he's talking about, he's that he has lived. Yeah, it was um, probably seen in person. Yeah, even the thing about the girl shitting shitting in the in the uh, the the, uh, the dog tray, probably. Um, oh man! Yeah. But the thing, of, I don't know. One thing about um about Cool Keys uh, that I do find inspiring is how he was able to reinvent himself and continues to do so and, you know, just put out music the way that he wants to do it under whatever name he wants to do it, whatever, because, like, you know, coming out in the 90s with Ultra Magnetic and then, you know, after that fizzled out, you know, for most people that career would have been uh, completely over. But... Mm -hmm. He was just able to reinvent himself and keep on going, and I guess it's kind of like a similar thing with like an MF Doom, you know, starting off as um, Zev Love X and KMD, and then you know after that group fizzled out, he was able to reinvent himself and you know come out under another name and just keep on rocking. And there's a lot of you know, I, I like I guess I kind of admire artists who are able to do that. Like even CeeLo Green when he came out with Danger Mouse and got the whole pop thing going on, but he can still flip it back to CeeLo when he wants to. Um, you know, anytime I see an example of that, you know, I think that that really shows, you know, like a true artist, like, you know. Yeah. You know. I'm, I mean, um, you know, like, I, I mean, I would say, like, you know, even like, you know, my, my style, I think to a certain extent, it kind of comes from Cool Keith because, 
I think he has like one of like the best flows in hip hop because it's so off kilter, but the way he does it, it can fit with like any beat. And you know, like at least on total orgasm, that's another thing about him. Like on total orgasm three, I have yet to to go back and listen to the other two, but you know, he's rapping on certain trap beats, and he and he fits on them. Um, and you know, they're not they're not exactly you know your I guess your, the typical trap beat that you'll probably hear on let's say ninety two Q or something like that. But you know, you, but you you know what it, you know what it is when you hear it, and. I mean, you know, he's on it, and he just sounds. I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, he, he doesn't. He doesn't sound like his age. He sounds like he. He really reinvents himself whenever. Whenever he feels the need to. That's what's up, man. I'm sure his ability to do that is definitely uh, keeping his pockets full. I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he's on tour all the time, and I don't even. I mean, I would love to know like what what he actually performs. He had he had like so much shit, so many aliases. Like, what does he actually perform in his shows? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, it's and it's actually something I was thinking about the other day too. Like, um with certain artists and it must be even harder for somebody who has multiple different aliases because like are you are you performing under this one alias like are you being booked as this one alias or whatever especially if different aliases have different fan bases or like do you do a set of one a set another a set of another and um i was thinking about i was thinking about Nas and how his career started in like 93 and he has this vast catalog of music, but whenever you see him perform, it's pretty much just songs from Illmatic. And then like a couple, maybe, like maybe a couple of his bigger hits from other albums, but even not so much that. It's just usually Illmatic, maybe like a Nas is like off of um, It Was Written, and then like a single or two from his most recent album, album that he has coming out. And it's like, you know, I wonder I wonder what certain artists thought processes are when they pick songs to perform because to me sometimes it seems like they just might not have a certain respect for their own catalog that maybe their fans do. Mm. Well, I mean I remember like, you know, some years ago when, you know, Nas he did Rock the Bells and he performed Illmatic in its in in its entirety. I saw that. That's <laughs> what I always say you were there. Um, I mean, but but see, I don't I mean, think but, I don't think um, I, I don't think I was there when he broadcasted that he was performing Illmatic in its entirety. I think it was just supposed to be a regular show, but it was Illmatic in its entirety, and then a couple other songs here and there. Oh, okay. So I mean, well, did, well, did he do like did he do the whole Illmatic all the way through, or did he like go back in between? I think he did like all the songs, but it wasn't necessarily in order. And then um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what album he had that was about to come out at the time. Um, I want to, yeah, it was I think because he did that song that he did with uh, that single that he had with Carrie Hilson. Oh God, so he pretty much, Yeah, 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 yeah. So he pretty much did Illmatic. He did like Nas is like maybe another song from somewhere else, 
and then like ended it off for like hero. And then he might have did like the slave and the master. Um, I'm a nigga who you a nigga too that didn't even end up being on the album. Man, Nazi, man, he needs he need to say fuck it and start doing the Fair Man Dingo. And, like, in, the, in, his, in all of his, at this point, in all of his, song, um, his, uh, his concerts with that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so, I'm so upset, man, when, um, you know, disrespect to Styles P. I love, I love Styles P and, and all, and Danny, all of his mixtapes, but the Green, the Green Ghost Project with Green Lantern and how, he, you know, he 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 wrapped over the the fear 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 the fear man bingo beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then like, when you actually hear fear man bingo, it's like, damn, like that would have been like that would have been dope for that mixtape that he had that came out before the album. That was a dope mixtape, and it's like, how how is this song not on the album or on the mixtape? I mean, well, I'm sure there's a reason why I said it. Yeah, and then he had some other songs, too, that didn't even make it on the mixtape. Like, I don't know, like, sometimes, you know, certain artists have certain songs, and it's like, man, this song really could have been something, but you didn't put it on anything. It just kind of came out, and only somebody who's really checking for it is really going to hear it, and then you bring it to somebody else, and they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Man, like, I mean, cause, I mean, the the nigga album was cool to me, but like, let's say if he cut out the joint that had the Chris Brown game joint, the the hero joint. Hello. Yeah. Um. All right. So those two joints, and um, maybe even the Fox songs that had a better beat or whatever. I don't know. Um. Yeah. And he, you know, and the, everything else he kept for the most part. And then he had um the he uh, he had um uh, roaches, mm-hmm. and then he so like so like Poppy songs like it'll be roaches, slave and the master, and then he ended with Fear Man Dingo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, I'm thinking in my head like sometimes I want because you know like you know how like you know the the, the new beat that Kanye is kind of taking that. He doesn't give a fuck no more. He just comes out with an album whenever he feels like it, or he just does whatever, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. If you, I, I feel like if Nas did like did exactly that, because I somehow feel that if he bitched enough or something like that, he probably could have gotten his way. Maybe not with, with put having the making the album called Nigga, but at least with the songs. I think. I think he was a little bit ahead. Of, I think he was a little bit too early with that. Like, if it would have been now when he did that mm-hmm. and just dropped out of nowhere, like now where where an album being in Walmart or Target doesn't necessarily uh, mean anything anymore, um, you know, I think it could definitely have been a lot bigger and a lot more successful now, and he could have really gone hard with that nigger title and... um put Fear of Mandingo on there and other tracks and really made it like a big thing. So I think I think I think he, he kinda jumped the gun on that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe even with the hip hop is dead too. Like certain thi- like those two projects I think I think were failed by the traditional album release process. 
of, yeah. you know, you come out with a single. Like, just imagine if uh, Kendrick Lamar's new album would have would have uh, gone through that same process. Like, it would have been a a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, it's funny because I mean, it seems like it's, it's really, it's really, it was really Beyonce that kind of you know opened that field wide open. Um, I think so, but really, I would say it was Lil Wayne, and I would say that because the Carter Three leaked like a month earlier or something like that. Yeah. And it still sold a million in its first week. But just imagine if iTunes and everything like that was popping back then and as soon as it leaked, they put it out for sale like instantly. Like mm-hmm. That thing might have done two million. Like that might have mm-hmm. been the biggest selling first week, first month ever in history of music. Mm-hmm. Because for it to sell as much as it did, I mean, 10 million people probably had that joint. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't wasn't necessarily expecting it, but I think one moment that I'll always remember is when that Lollipop video came out. And I think that was like the first time I'd ever seen somebody drop a video first before the song because I always drop the song and you drop the video but one day that shit just popped up on World Star, and it was a rap after that <laughs> mm. um didn't because okay, yeah, I, I think I think after that that's when they started like premiering music videos and then like music videos a big thing for like a small a short period of time I believe so yeah but um I think um I think I believe MTV permitted Lollipop. Oh, maybe they did. I just remember seeing it on, like on World Star in the middle of the night. But maybe it was MTV that did that. Yeah, because yeah, it was like it was like a big thing. Yeah, like you know, oh, Lil Wayne's new song, but it's coming out as a music video first before you even have the actual song or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, that goes. I think that's another album that I that I didn't really care for, and I still don't care for it. But you know. For the time, you know, it, you know, it definitely takes me back to a certain time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just think about how many years that you know our, our uncle will always play lollipop and talk about the beat. And, oh yeah, yeah, and and if you just cut the vocals out, if you just play the beat, you just rock the club all night with that one beat. Oh man, you know what else he says that for is that damn LL Cool J album. Oh yeah, with the uh, oh oh the Timberland. Oh, you talking? Are you talking about the the entire the 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 entire album or just his from? I think he's referring to the entire album, which I haven't heard, but all I know is his from. <laughs> yeah, you know the the entire album sounds like his from. The the entire album is nothing but like a whole bunch of club shit. Oh man, <laughs> I haven't I haven't really heard the entire album, but I can see our uncle getting that <laughs> I mean yeah but like he like his song I think um I think it was like Peter Rosenberg and Cypher was talking about it and I think someone was talking about how his song was supposed to be like what it what it became to be mm. and um 
I guess when something like that happens, you just roll with it. But with somebody like LL Cool J, it's like sometimes you got to think about how it's going to affect your legacy. I think Peter Rosenberg <laughs> said that too. <laughs> I mean, because it's like the way he even started off. He said, they call me Big LA, Big Sally, <laughs> Big Telly, Big Money, Big Really, or some, some shit like that. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, like, I never could figure out what that song was about. I don't, I don't, I don't understand either. You know, but you know, one song that I always kind of figured that what, what it was about, but now I finally, I finally know it was about um, was the uh, the, the nerd song, um, the girl standing in line for the bathroom. Oh wow, yeah, all the girls standing in the line for the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, in my head, I said, I know this shit has to be about coke, and but I just in my head, I was like, man, maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. And then Pharrell came out and said, yeah, it was about coke. <laughs> and then and then and then uh, Peter Rosenberg was like getting on him about you know about him going over people's heads and you know being being too intelligent about it or something like that. Mm. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I think that's that's pretty you know pretty out there though. I mean, cause I don't think I don't think so. I mean, I, I got it immediately. Well, so I mean, so 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 you automatically knew that was about coke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty. You know, I mean, well, I mean, well, I'm, well, I mean, out there. I mean, it's 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 pretty straightforward. Oh, 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 oh okay, yeah. yeah but it's Peter Rose, straightforward. But I mean. I guess, but that goes to, you know, culture and stuff like that. So, like, you know, if you, I guess if you're not up on certain things or aren't in certain atmospheres or, you know, just haven't even seen certain movies or something like that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that's true. And, you know, coke nowadays really isn't a black thing. It's, it's all about crack and heroin, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and... Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's less of a party type of thing and more of a decimation of our community type thing. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I always, like, um, I never really understood, like, uh, like, what is it about, like, smoking coke, I mean, snorting coke on a mirror? It doesn't, like, it doesn't enhance the high or what? I've never done it, so. <laughs> <laughs> All I know, I mean... Maybe something about seeing yourself while you do it, or, I don't know, maybe it helps you to um, not miss any granules or grains of the powder. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes in my head, I'm like, you know, why would you want to see yourself snort coke? But I guess to make sure you don't get any, you know, have any... um. Any crumbs or any? <laughs> Maybe I don't know, man. Um, who 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 was it about? Um, I think I think I don't have a lot of dog, man. I think it was on the first um, the first mixtape he came out with with uh, with Jay Love, and he was talking about no, no, it was on. Um, or do you remember? It was like a random cut. Um, it was like Method Man, a lot of dark men, and I think someone else. 
and it had like it had like a hard beat. I, I'm I'm assuming uh, that mathematics made it. And he was he was talking about um, smoking a blunt or cocaine hand and how high he was getting or something like that. I feel like that was on the mathematics album. Okay, well, all right, well, 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 which one though? Because the thing is, um, I I was I was introduced to it through the um one of those Wu Tang J Love mixtapes and and then you know a lot of Dark Man's J Love mixtape. I have no idea. I just know that I always used to see these songs, these random like Wu Tang type of songs come out, and it would be like <laughs> produced by Mathematics or Mathematics featuring. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he has an album coming out, and I always mean to listen to him, but I never did. Well, well, I, um, I'm sure because of me, you, you listened to a second album that they had, they had, they had real, real nibbles on it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> that now, I mean, that album was pretty. That, that was alright. It wasn't bad actually. Yeah. But um, as of late, I, I have yet to really get to all these. I think he has like two or three other ones nowadays, and I haven't gotten to them. I have I have yet to listen to the other um, Wu Tang Think Differently thing, the second compilation. Yeah, wasn't it like some dubstep type of stuff or something? Um, I think I think some of it was. I don't think all of it was. Um, I, I know that brand new game. They didn't they come up with a whole dubstep <laughs> album or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did. It's kind of interesting because when you watch um, what's his name on Vlad TV, uh, Lord Jamar on Vlad TV, <laughs> it's just like that doesn't necessarily fit. But you know, whatever gets the money, I guess. I mean, but I mean, how do they? I mean, well, I, well, I, I know that. I mean, brand new being they, they they tour across the world, but I mean, still though. I mean, I'm I'm still I still don't exactly understand how Cool Mega is you know makes his money. How, how does he survive? <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine off of touring. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you were saying you were here about him touring, but I mean, I guess he he tours. I mean, well, AZ. Supposedly AZ tours like in London, and you know people love him in Japan. He says and shit like that. But I guess we we wouldn't really know about him touring in Japan or whatever. I mean, um, I guess with AZ, you know, he got that that he got that Illuminati hookup supposedly. <laughs> yeah, that that J Electronica Illuminati hookup. Yeah, billionaire heiress. You know, it's weird that like, why is it that people they, they people keep like getting on AZ about you know his his so called connections with you know the billionaire heiress, but no one really talks about J Electronica and what the fuck he did. I think they do, but. It's just like when Jay Electronica drops a song, it's like you can't really front on it most of the time. Well, you can, but for people like me. <laughs> Except that last one. That last one was a little underwhelming to me. But You know, you know what? Nashley, um, I, I, I didn't even know he even came out with new songs, and I, I kind of came across him. And uh, the last one, yeah, I didn't. What was the fuck? What was he called anyway? Um, 
I don't even know. Let me see. I think it's on the the Crack Tracks uh, SoundCloud page. Yeah. Let me see. Crack Tracks to Electronica. Road to Perdition. Yeah. Yeah. And and J and Jay Z, you know, let that shit breathe or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, it was cool, but I mean, you know, like this. See, like that, like, the shit that he did in Road to Perdition. That's the um, that's the shit that I'm afraid his album is album going to sound like. <laughs> and you know, like I think the reason why I tend I tend to front on him when he comes out with you know with these new songs or new verses is because I listen to all this old shit so much that I guess maybe I just have you know maybe an an overly high expectation of what his his album should be. I mean, I feel like I'm, I don't know. I really enjoy pretty much every new song he's come out with, except for "Road to Perdition." Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Like every time he uh, every time he raps, man, it just I don't know. It's just like his verses; they just they just hit to me. Like just the other day, I was I was listening to um he and Jay Z's freestyle on uh, "We Made It." And it's like he comes on, I, and you know he comes on, and it's like, damn, like he's really doing his thing. And then Jay Z comes on, and Jay Z just kind of kills it. And it's like Jay Z doesn't usually do it like this, but he had to step his game up because Jay Electronica was on the track. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised not to see Jay Electronica um at the. Uh, at the whole um, title thing. The title thing. The, uh, when uh, Jay-Z did that whole thing and, uh, you know, all these artists had bought into title or whatever, that uh, music streaming service. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, maybe he doesn't have enough money for it. Maybe. Or maybe <laughs> just, maybe Jay-Z was trying to call him and <laughs> just couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't get a hold of him. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, um, you know, going to uh, I don't know. I think about Jay Electronic for some reason has me thinking about um, like uh, Black Milk. Mm. And I say that because um, he's one of those people that, it, for some reason, like at least me. You know, he was like, I, th- I guess kind of like how Jay Electronica was, you know, like, you know, at one point he was like, all you ever heard about, and then he just kind of disappeared in a way, but then yet, when you, whenever you, you look him up, he's still like doing shit, but it's just not, I, maybe it's not that people aren't, don't care as much anymore or something. I don't know. I, think, I feel like he, he focuses more on production and rapping, but I don't know, man, like, Am I allowed to say this? Like, a lot of times, this shit is boring. What's wrong with black milk? Yeah. I mean, well, the, well, this is the thing, because, all right, remember, because, all right, his, his album, Tronic, that came out, like, 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I remember, like, you know, that album was, like, the talk of the town. You know, he was doing his thing. doing. I think he even, like, performed on, like, what, one of those late-night shows off this fucking album. And after the, after trying, you know, because I thought that, you know, because I, I would always hear about him, you know, doing, like, a, a beat for so-and-so here and there or whatever like that. And he came out, like, an album, and then he didn't really do nothing. And then when Tron came out, he was all the rage on, like, you know, on, uh, on all the blogs. And, of course, it was still, like, around the same time where, you know, the blogs were still, like, pretty, you know, that's pretty early in the blogging days. So I think, like, a lot of underground people were able to take advantage of it to a certain extent. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think, you know, J. Cole, you know, J. Cole, too, because, you know, if you think you go back to his um his his early mixtapes, he kind of sounded like an underground rapper. I mean, kind of. yeah. <laughs> um. I think the thing with that Black Miltronic album was that um, it was just um, it was it was kind of co-marketed with that Elzai album, uh, the preface, because he produced that whole thing. I think, or if not the whole thing, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, I just put up Wikipedia. The whole album was produced by Black Milk, except for two tracks. And one was by T3 from from Slum Village, and another was uh, somebody named DJ Dez. Yeah. Um. Thing thing was though, I, n- I never heard about the preface. I always heard about Tronic. <laughs> I remember like hearing about them both together, and just that whole Detroit thing. It's like whenever you can establish a connection with Jay Dilla, you can kind of <laughs> do something with that. At least, like, when you first come out with it, you know? Yeah. So, I think I think that has something to do with it. Because he produced the album for Elzai. You go, Elzai was a member of Slum Village for a while. And, you know. No, that's just kind of my feeling on it. No, it's, it's, no, it's so weird. Like, like hearing Elzai, you know, like, like, how he actually is. And then, you know... Just, just remembering him, like, on, like on, on those, on the, the on those slum, the slum village music videos, and how cool and chill and laid back he was. <laughs> but if you listen to the, like, you know, I, find, I finally listened to the preface, like, you know, some some days ago. This nigga, you know, this nigga is having, he's rapping about having dreams about him having this gun and shit like that, you know, about killing people. So, <laughs> so. So I I don't know what to say about that. And how the fuck do you? Oh, um, like, like I was gonna say, um, like it makes you wonder how he got down with Slum Village in the first place. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, like how the fuck did he end up on Slum Village? Because I mean, you go to Preface. I mean, even Elmatic, you know, from, from what I can recall. But um, but um, after listening to the Preface, I'm curious to go back and listen to um. Uh, to hell, man, because that won't be like my second time we listening to it all the way through. Um, man, I, I usually hate shit like that, but that shit was dope, man. I mean, so then, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's what still kind of turns me off about it. Like, I don't really like hearing no renditions of, you know, Illmatic, you know. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I don't know. It's just like, like the way that they flipped the beats and did everything. And, you know, I mean, he was really spitting on that. And um, it just it, it just really fit together. I remember I played that for a long time. <laughs> you mm. probably remember too. I do remember. Um, yeah. 
Well, I mean, well, well yeah, so um, I want to go back and listen to um, Elmatic and, you know, I, I, I still think about um, his verse on, um, on on the new Ghost Race album. And, 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 you know, now, I think that's like the prime example, and it, it just, it, it reminds me of the importance of, of, I guess, you know, being a featured artist on someone else's, you know, track, because you just, you just never know, um, you know, the per, like the person whose thing you're, whose, um, whose album you're featuring on, their fan base, you don't know, like, you know, what, what that other person's fan base is going to get out of, you know, you being featured on that guy's track. And because of that one track, I have, you know, I've, I've, I've regained a whole new respect for Elza, and now I'm going back and listening to her stuff. Yeah. yeah fe- wow. <laughs> Features are important, but I mean, it kind of, um, it's like sometimes you can pinpoint the moment or like the, um, you know, the catalyst in somebody's career being a certain feature. So like, um, and, you know, whether they take advantage of the moment or not, like, um, when you look at Lupe Fiasco and Touch the Sky, you know, that's, that, that was really his, uh, introduction. I mean, he was on Kanye West's second album on the single produced by Just Blaze. And he bodied that verse when he said something about, mom, like, he did this whole entendre with Mum Ra and, and, um, I remember what he said. I can't really remember. I just remember like, damn, like that's some shit that you gotta really re- rewind and take in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gained a lot of fans with that verse. And then oh, like, is, oh, go ahead. Is is that the one where he's like, we pay something like we pay the third? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, I mean, like, and then on that same album, like, I think, you know, a feature can solidify you in in hip-hop history even if you never do anything ever again. Like, really, though. Shit, look at, um, so many of them, um, um, Tabadonna, (laughs) um, Afura, uh, mm. <laughs> um, Jeru, Jeru the Damager in the way because of, what was it on um on Mass Appeal when he got when he got like his first um feature on on yeah. the skit yeah 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 although you know he 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 went on to do other things but still um see, I mean that's kind of the way I mean Master Killer kind of got. He be, he he became a member of the Wu Tang Clan because of you know that um that that one song. Yeah, he was only on one song on that album. Yeah. And like um, but yeah yeah like how some like you remember really though? I don't think so. Remember the song on um on uh late registration we made it with Nas. Uh, vaguely. Oh man, that was like um, it was produced by Just Blaze. That's the one where not is it the song? Or maybe it was another song where not said, you know, pro black. I wouldn't pick cotton out of aspirin bottle. Yeah, and it was a random ass Chicago rapper on that name, really though. And like that was like one of the um, 
And he sent, and his voice sounded like Lupe, and I know he did actually come up with like some album independently, and Kanye was on it. But like, you know, he's always going to be on them credits, or like, um, trying to think of somebody else. Um, even you look at uh, Gemstones, Gemini. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, you know. Those features are definitely important. Look at um, even if J Rock never comes out with another album, he was on Money Trees on uh, on Kendrick's first album. Yeah, I mean, well, when it comes to Gemstones, at least I, I like to think that you know he's done something else. He did come out with another mixtape, a third one. Yeah, yeah, he did. It, it was um. I mean, it was alright. I mean, but he 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 killed that. I don't I don't like track though. Hmm. You know, you, I, gotta, I, gotta, I think I got it. Either I heard it and forgot about it, or I didn't listen to it and meant to. Well, I, I think it was you. I played it for if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I got um, to go back and listen to my memories getting uh getting pretty bad in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, man, like. I mean, I, I don't know what Jim Stone is doing, but he needs to come back out with, with another album or something. A mixtape. Yeah, I don't know. He and uh, he and No Malice probably are uh, in church right now. <laughs> you know, I never, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> you know, they come up with a collaborative album. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes there's no more disappointing moment in a hip-hop fan's life than when, you know, a rapper who you really like decides they want to find Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man, look at Lil Zane. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, look at, uh, look at Chingy. You know, you know, I ain't really like him, but He's a Hebrew Israelite now. Yeah, I mean, but he's gotten better, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's actually spitting a couple, but he, yeah, he's not on no uh, shaggy. What you got for a pork chop no more? <laughs> I know, but then at the same time, I'm sure he's probably still receiving royalties from it. Yeah, I'm probably living fine. Like, <laughs> uh, so he can afford to fight the revolution. <laughs> But um, speaking of Chingy and uh, St. Louis and all that, um, Nelly, man. <laughs> oh, man. He got caught. And, you know, it's like, you know, when I was reading the story, I was like, you know, this seems pretty typical. I don't know why this is a big deal until they say he got caught with meth. <laughs> mm. And I guess the funny part about it, well, you know, it's not funny, but I guess the light and the darkness of the situation is like the jokes of you know him doing songs with them country music people and hanging white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got him down the wrong path. And then there was yeah. some jokes about like Ashanti jumping off that sinking ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna get out of it. Yeah, hopefully. I'm pretty- I'm sure he's too. Um, he's too rich to. I mean, but like, 
I don't know. I mean, like, I don't like Nelly doing meth. Who the fuck would have thought? I mean, if if, it, if it's his, it's the least. Yeah, I mean, Nelly is a grimy dude, though. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but I'm going down, down, baby. Your block in a Range Rover, street sweeper, baby. Cop ready to let it go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa puff. Listen to it, pow. I'll take a puff and light it up. Pass it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always funny when you hear 50 Cent. Um, it's always funny when you hear 50 Cent um, talk about it. Whatever that interview was when he was like, and people talk about me, but you look at Nelly. He said he's going to drive down your block with an automatic weapon and shoot it up and smoke a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, well, it, it's very true. And you know that um, it's weird how people go back, you know, I guess like hip-hop is, they, they tend to go back and um, they, they look back at like Nelly's like first two albums, especially Country country Grammar, and they appreciate it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I remember, for some reason, I remember... Um, one of our cousins being over their house and just playing that shit and it just was so bad like I remember hearing country grammar and I I liked it then I remember that underlay underlay joint and I liked that too and then whenever the third single he came out with I was like oh he really raps like this all the time <laughs> Are you talking about a, a rap with me? Maybe that's what it was. Probably because um, it had, I think it had to it had to be before Dilemma. Yeah, whatever his third single was, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was gonna keep on going with this. I just thought maybe you know <laughs> he was you know something else was gonna come. But um, hmm. I do appreciate an Ali single here and there. Like I, 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 I did like that uh, Eagle song. Yeah, man, that'd be just crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because like, I didn't like it at first, and I think a lot of people don't really get it, but when you really sit and listen to it, it's like, damn, like, it's like real abstract. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I wonder when he first got that beat and when he heard it, like, how he knew what to do, he did over that. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good point. Like, you must have been high off of something to even hear that and know, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do to that. Because I was trying to think, like, if somebody would have just let me hear that shit, I'd have been like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, because, like, it, and if you just hear the instrumental, you probably just, you, you'll probably just like you say, oh, well, I can't rap on that, you know, that's, that's something, like, that's something useful to skit or something like that. In a way. I mean, he made it work. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's, he's one of the very few, uh, rappers who, who, who's come out with two, two albums in the same year. Yeah. Or at the same time, at least. On the same day. Yeah. 
and pimp juice in us. Yeah, man, man, that, that fucking that that pimp juice drink was the worst, man. <laughs> you said the joint or the drink? Yeah, the the, uh, the drink. Oh, you had it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a. It was like it was it was mad sweet and it tasted like a. It was like a. It tasted like a green lollipop, but after that I started coughing up green shit. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so I and I bought two of them too. I never had pimp juice. And I never had crunk juice. I don't, I can't. I can't. I can't like have something called pimp juice and pour it into my mouth. <laughs> like, like you know, my conscience just would not allow me to do something like that. I think, I think that's the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um, well, I, I've had I've had juice before, and it tastes like Red Bull pretty much. Where did you find this stuff? Like, man, you must have been deep, deep in the Netherlands of. Someone it didn't work. Never worked out. Um, 
And then when I when I had crunk juice, it was like some years, like um maybe about a year or two later, and it was um you know I was I was with my brother, and I think around that time you know since crunk juice was like the thing to do, instead of uh, instead of mixing your henny your Hennessy with a uh, Red Bull or hypnotic, you were you were mixing it with crunk juice for the moment. And um, my brother, you know, he was doing that, and. They had like I think it got like a six pack of crunk juice, some shit like that, and I think it was probably costing more than Red Bull at the time. Um, so, so I just took a can and started drinking it, and it, it wasn't bad. But yeah, crunk juice is horrible. Mm. Well, I'm glad that I never uh, experienced that. Thank you for being the guinea pig <laughs> for that um, that experience. It kind of reminds me of uh, Four Loco, the way you described it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the worst, man. Man, that shit was bad. I had to stop fucking with that shit. I can't believe I put that into my body. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. Um, Is it still around? I think so, but you know they had to change their um, their initial formula because people were dying. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Like I threw up off that shit, and I didn't even have a whole can the first time. Oh man, I had. I, I think that shit like it just made me real sick, and then I went mm. back and drank some more. <laughs> Later that night, <laughs> yeah. I had to stop messing with that. That shit was that shit was no good. That was that. That's what I call that unemployed juice. <laughs> yeah, man. I um, I think I had like two cans, and I know because I I just I don't know I don't know where the fuck I got the can. I don't think I was I was even twenty one yet. I think you were with me that night. You were probably with me that night. Well, I know that there was there was one time where I, I like um I had I just I had like two cans of four loco by myself in my in the house, and oh. I think I was hitting you up and other people saying like this shit is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know I don't know where the fuck I got them from, but um I don't I remember being at your brother's house and having some too. Oh yeah, that's right. He was he was all morning and he was about to make a full local song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he kept uh, playing that uh that one song, I go local for them locals. Oh man, wow. That's that's why uh that Coco song sounded so familiar to me. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Like, 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 I never really realized, like, I'm like, it's so, like, for some reason, this Coco song, it, it just reminds me of something, but I couldn't remember what it was. I go, local for them locals, and it was all them four local songs. Mm. And that one right there. Damn. <laughs> that shit was crazy. But, um, I guess elsewhere in hip-hop news, um, this uh, divorce court <laughs> where um, the uh, 
accusing her of sleeping with the entire Wu Tang clan. <laughs> and I don't know, like what made it worse was like what she said. Oh man. Did you read it? No, I no, I haven't read it yet, no. Oh man, hold on, let me pull up the quote. Because when I saw the quote, like at first I thought it was just kind of ridiculous. But then when I saw the quote that his wife said, I was like, I feel you, my brother. <laughs> mm. Um. Okay, so here's a snippet of it. I'm reading this on Smoking Section. The woman says, he accused me of sleeping with the entire Wu-Tang Clan, Nathan. She did, the woman. I went backstage, the judge, so did you know him? And she said, well, yes, I had an amazing one night. I had a really good opportunity. Nathan, it was amazing, all right, judge. So we know it was amazing. How amazing was it? Leah, the woman, it was, and then Nathan cuts her off, she gave, <laughs> she gave Wu some tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, another thing, like, another snippet I saw on Hip Hop DX, it said something about how, she said how they were perfect gentlemen, and she went on that tour bus, and she didn't come home till 7 in the morning. Yeah, this is not sound right. Mm. This is not sound right at all. Like, I don't know, man. Like, the moment my girl wants to go somewhere with some celebrity to a tour bus or a hotel or backstage or whatever, it's a wrap. Like, yeah, like just straight up, like you know, it's um, you know, like on, on the one up thing, you know, when I think Slap the Sound said, you know, like at the end, like all those stories about um certain rappers and how they would say that, like the girl they were fucking with, a lot of times their their man would be like downstairs and like the waiting, like the the uh the waiting the with the waiting area waiting for him and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, like, what, what the fuck they think they're doing? Like, you know, why would they want to come to a hotel? And why are you just sitting, like, why are you sitting there? Like, you know, they're going, they're just going back and forth about what the, like, what, what is the woman saying to, to, to the, uh, to the boyfriend? Nothing <laughs> is, like, nothing is, with this whole culture of celebrity, like, people really put too much value into celebrity. Like, these people are just people. And, like, I see these people as just people. But other people don't. They make a big deal out of it, and they lose their minds. But, yeah. you know, these people are just people. They all started from somewhere. They all have bodily functions. <laughs> you know, they're not gods. <laughs> Nothing to go crazy about, like, I don't know. I'm not having that. I am 
not having that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel you. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. This shit. I mean, because you know, like reality TV is like really is totally just like you know. And really given a new definition to the term 15 minutes of fame. Uh. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I don't, like, you know, your people who are, you know, hosting things, parties and shit like that, certain various functions, getting, you know, 10 G's, a, 10, G, 10, G, 10 G's a piece to do it, and they don't have any talent. It's like, like, like it's really crazy. I was just thinking earlier when we were talking about Jay Electronica, I was thinking, you know, is he destined for a reality TV show one day? And <laughs> why do you say because of like his personality or? I mean, because like just some of the people who you see pop up on there who you would never expect. Like I would have never thought that Saigon would be on there. Like Saigon to me was like. The J Electronica before J Electronica. Mm. And, you know, he kind of followed that same kind of path in a way, you know, dealing with Just Blaze and being the real hip hop that was going to come out with this amazing conscious album that was going to be the greatest album ever and transform the world. And then <laughs> now, I mentioned Saigon to somebody, and it's like, how do you know who that is? You know, wife loving hip hop. Oh man, that that shit driving up a wall. Oh man, like when I when I, I walked, I remember the first time I saw um Peter Guns man on 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 this shit, and it was it was I think it was Peter Guns and um I think with Saigon they were smoking a cigar together. Mm-hmm. And I was walk, I was like I was walking past the TV, and. I guess it was like one of those, one of like you know one of like the monologue moments like in a reality show when he's just talking someone's talking about like you know what they're about to show, mm. and he's like yeah man you know I was going through everything with my girl so you know I, I had to I had to hit my man up you know my my, my man Saigon up you know and we just you know talking talking over these girl problems you know with over the guards and I'm like it's someone else named Saigon in the world. <laughs> And so I'm looking, and I, I was a man. I said, this is, "I said, what is this? Peter Guns and Saigon on VH1, smoking cigars and making all this money on this reality show?" I was amazed. And you know what's crazy is um, the other day, um, I was in the car with my girl, and um, they happened to play Uptown. Mm. And so that song, because it was like you know the the, the like the throwback mix at noon or whatever and I was like this is it right here this is Peter Guns this is what he's known for this is what I know him from I used to love this song when I was little (laughs) (laughs) and of course he doesn't care at all yeah of course he never heard it and you know whatever but you know like just that I mean just the way that song came on and everything, like that just takes me back to my summer times in New York, like all of that history just gone. It's yeah. See this is why this is why podcasts are important so we can we can kill that shit. I know, right. <laughs> 
Like, you, know, you got people on there who produce for Biggie, and now they're known for whatever it is that they're known for on there. But, I mean, I guess, you know, people got to do what they got to do. I guess, yeah. I guess, um, you know, the whole situation, I guess, I mean, really it all started with Flavor Flav. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, the thing about Flavor Flav was, they know, he, they, he's Flavor Flav, so, you know, he, he can do that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, even though he was Flavor Flav, and even though, you know, he was just riding the wave of, I guess, Public Enemy, it's just like, man, you were still part of Public Enemy. Like, you wore that clock to let niggas know what time it was. Well, that's true. Like, you, like, you shared the stage with, with, with Chuck D. You told me that 911 ain't a joke in my town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, that's a message that is is definitely pertinent today. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and, 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 but, you know, you're probably more known for Flavor of Love and making a failed chicken spot. And, uh, and dealing with, uh, Bridget Nelson. What is she doing now? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 15 minutes up. Yeah, right. Um, but speaking of public enemy, um, you know, I, I remember the other day you were, you were talking about, um, X-Clan and, um, uh, I've actually, um, the, the, uh, to the East Blackwoods, I've been meaning to put that on my Google Play for like the past year now. Mm. And, um, I finally, I finally, I finally did that. Um, I finally, um, added, um, Devil's Night D12 there. Mm. I had a, I had a crazy flashback, man, listening to like the first five songs. Um, and I think some, some other things too, but, um, I realized that essentially X-Clan and, and Public Enemy, they kind of had the same, um, the same structure, you know, that you have your serious rapper who's like, you know, he's not playing, but then you kind of have an entertaining person that's to talk in between all these serious raps. Yeah. So I wonder, like, you know, where did where, 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 where that, that whole thing come from? I think it came from, you know, now, you know, just thinking about it, I just came up the theory. I think, it, I think it's just a general thing that, it just happens, like, you know, you, it's like, when you look at movies, um, it, you, you know, you always kind of have your straight man, and then you have your comic dude. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the same thing in hip-hop. Even, you know, sometimes it's not even that extreme, but, like, you know, it's like you got your Wu-Tang Clan and you got all these guys and you have your ODB type of element. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, you got your Q-Tip and you got your Fife Dog to bring a little bit more flavor. You know, you got your Talib Kweli and you got your Most Deaf who's doing da 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 and singing all on the track. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got your Fonte and then you got your Big Pooh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's 
always that kind of thing. And, you know, um, I was listening to Big Pool on the Cypher, and um, he was talking about how, like, you know, when you're in the group, sometimes you just play your role to make the group work. And so, you know, you gotta you got to kind of play off the other person. So I think that's where it kind of comes from because when you look at a group like that, it kind of works versus, like, let's say you have a group like Slaughterhouse where you just have four guys just, just going and going and going super hard. You know, it's no real break from that shit. I think uh, maybe like Royce the Five Nine, maybe you know he's probably the more silly one lyrically, but when he gets around them, he doesn't really get very silly. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's you know why some of that joints might not catch. And it's like sometimes I think an artist does it even within themselves. Like when you have Eminem and then you have the Slim Shady. Mm-hmm. But then, even within D twelve, you have you have bizarre. Yeah, you know, G unit. You got your Tony Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, oh, um, that's so many examples. Like, I, you know, I just keep coming up with them. Like, uh, Lost Boys. You know, you had your Freaky Tie. Mm. That's a good point. Um, but, um, I, um, I was looking up, uh, X-Clan or whatever like that, like the album, and I came across this article, um, through the, uh, this this New York Times article from, like, you know, 1990 or whatever like that, and it was kind of talking about, um, it's essentially just talking about, you know, like, um, like conscious, conscious, uh, militant hip hop, whatever like that. And, um, pretty, essentially, you know, like whoever, whoever was writing it, you know, the, 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 this white journalist is trying to understand it. And it's called, it's called Radical Rap of Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Um, and like, it, you know, it's talking about, you know, how MC Hammer has had sold millions of, of albums, um, quote, rap is still so close to street level that some rappers have, have decided they have nothing to lose by stating harsh, even divisive convictions. And, um, it goes, huh, that just sounds like a Bill O'Reilly rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, actually. Come think about it. Um, but, you know, they, they talk about, um, well, the guy talks about Laquan, Movement X, and Paris. Um, I'm not, I don't really remember Paris. But, um. Paris was a part of, like, like, public enemy affiliated. Like. Okay. Like, 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 real militant. Oh. Okay, well, and, and see, this is the thing, though, like, he he really he kind of focuses on them, mm. and I think I think he kind of goes to X Clan kind of sorta, but his focus is on like Laquan and like moving X, and I, I I vaguely remember remember moving X, and so I went back and I, li- I listened to um I looked at the video last night, um Freedom got a shotgun, and 
it's so it's so like militant that it's kind of funny, and you just can't you can't take it you really can't take it seriously <laughs> because like you know because like every gun they're shooting has knowledge in it or something like that or you know whatever, and they're trying to get rid of these white devils out here and and I think. And, you know the, the the music video is kind of interesting because I think they I think even like in certain elements of the music video they like kidnapping white people or something. Wow! It was it was like it was a really militant video, but like the the song I don't know. Um, but apparent but it supposedly I came across like this random like this random article about the, the guy I can't think of his name. Um, like the the, the main rapper on from Movement Movement X and. Also, like like the MF Dooms and Cool and Cool Keys, he also um, he's um like you know uh, made a resurgence as like another person. Although I still don't know who the hell he is, <laughs> um, regardless of, of his resurgence. But um, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, like he he really had kind of like goals all throughout his career, like how he has you know reborn himself. Um, and thinking about thinking about that, I guess another person too is um. It's Butterfly from uh, Diggable Planets and, you know, how he's doing the Shabazz Palaces thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, I, I think this is like a new trend, and maybe this this also has something to do with, um, you know, um, the, uh, this, the, I guess, so this so-called renaissance of, um, of hip-hop. Yeah, with, I mean... Oh, go ahead. I mean, you know, like, but it's, it's weird, though, I mean, because, you know, like, with MF Doom, you know, he kind of, well, I mean, he kind of, he kind of resurged, you know, a bit, I mean, way earlier, and so maybe other people kind of, like, kind of took his blueprint, but, you know, he he, but he came up, you know, in the, the indie hip-hop movement of, you know, 1997 to, like, what, 2002 or 2003, when Def Jokes took, o- took over everything practically. Yeah. In August, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I was just kind of thinking. Um, I was just kind of thinking, like how. Um, I think as an artist, sometimes you know you start off as one thing, and sometimes before you're ready, you pop off when you haven't quite found your sound and your style. But mm-hmm. now I think about it. You know, how many rappers have had different names and gone on different aliases? You know, they might start off rapping when they're might start off rapping when they're in their preteens or whatever. And then um and then they, you know, go to uh they start off rapping in their preteens and then they change their name until they really find themselves. So like, um I was just thinking about Kendrick Lamar, for example, and like how you know he put out a couple mixtapes under K Dot, and then he really found himself and you know became Kendrick Lamar. Or like you look at J Cole with the therapist, and so he came out with you know J Cole. So it's like we didn't really see that transformation because they weren't anything then. But you know, I think some of it is an artist finding themselves, and then sometimes it's just an artist completely re- uh, reinventing themselves. So it is. Mm. It's pretty interesting. Um, hold on, I got to take a break right here because somebody's calling. Uh-huh. Uh, let me hit All you right. right back. All right.
Call is now being recorded. So, um, yeah, any, um, any, uh, any remaining thoughts? Um, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I would just say, you know, to the listeners, just, I mean, I guess bringing back up Cool Keith, just go and listen to Dr. Octagon and Sex Style and check out the Total Orgasm 3. <laughs> Yeah, and I say, uh, while you're at it, go back and listen to, uh, D4L and Fable, and, uh, you'll see where Young Thug got his style from. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, check out some old Lil Wayne mixtapes, and, um, yeah, uh, make sure you act right when the, uh, police are around so you don't die. <laughs> That's only for our black listeners, though. Yeah, yeah. It'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, yeah, and also the um, the Carter documentary. Go and oh, check yeah, out the Carter, Carter documentary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely check that out. And uh, make sure you check out channel10podcast.com. Twitter.com slash Channel10Pod and Channel10Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. Look us up on iTunes. Uh, Soon, hopefully, you'll see us on Stitcher and whatever other podcast services you use. And I think that's a wrap. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Peace out. All right, peace.